Melanated family, back for a brand new episode on the Melanated Compo podcast. Thank you for everybody for tuning in, joining me today. I'm going to be doing this thing solo today. You know what I mean? No guests or anything. Next week or Thursday, actually, I'll be doing my show with my sister, Sonia, uh, Sonia Williams-Lewis. So tune into that on Thursday at 7 p.m. But today, I'm doing this thing to the next family. We're going to talk about a few things, right? The first, Well, before I get started, please... And I always forget to do this, but this is important. The people who listen to me on the digital platform, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, all of these different places, I appreciate you. Those numbers at times go crazier than the numbers on the video. So I appreciate you guys. Continue to like, um, subscribe, make sure you download the episodes that helps me out. And also leave comments. If you have feedback, things you want to say, as long as it's constructive, I'm always listening. You know, sometimes it's bullshit, whatever, but I know how to sidestep certain things, but always input anybody who's truly interested in, 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 in giving an input on what I do, please impart your wisdom. You feel me? This is all about building up black folks. This is all about critically thinking about the things that we go through. So welcome to a brand new episode of the Melanated Combo Podcast. Like I said, I'm doing this thing on my own today. You feel me? Like I've done plenty of times before. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the Melanated Combo on YouTube. The show is live on Facebook as well. Rock with your boy. So what I want to talk about today, we're going to talk about a few things, but the first thing we're going to cover is the Shannon Sharp incident, right? Because I spoke to many people about this incident. I watched what happened. If you don't know, last week, Shannon Sharp was sitting courtside at a Memphis Grizzly game. I'm not sure who they were playing, but he was sitting courtside at the game. And while sitting courtside, he began to have banter with some of the players, right? And I want to preference this because this part is important. In the Black community, when we are engaging in anything we're passionate about we talk shit we say how we feel right so opposably uh, supposedly shannon sharp is watching the game courtside and he says to devin brooks i think the brother dylan brooks is the brother's name hell of a basketball player by the way but he was speaking to dylan brooks and he basically told the brother you can't guard lebron now black folks Let's be honest for a second. If we are in any type of competitive forum and somebody says something about what you can't do, we talking shit, right? So the brother say to Shannon, Shannon say, hey, you can't guard LeBron, which, you know, I agree with that. The brother's a beast, but he giving his opinion. You can't guard LeBron. And the brother come back with, fuck you. Look, NBA, all the fans that love this sport, in our community, when we going back and forth with each other, we talk shit. So if we going back and forth and you tell me, I don't care if you're one of the players, the owner, if we in that heated moment and I say you can't guard him, this is my first response. Hey, <laughs> you can't guard him. Whatever way I say it. If your next response is, nigga, fuck you. Well, I don't care if I'm Shannon Sharp. I work at McDonald's. If if you from our community, if somebody say fuck you in that manner, you're going to say fuck you right back. So Shannon says the same thing back to him, right? So after that ensued, 
John Morant, dad, come down. Steven Adams, Steve Adams, one of the players from the Memphis Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, everybody gets involved in this melee, right? And I don't have a problem with it, just to be completely honest. That's that's kind of the, the point I'm making. Looking at how the NBA is going and how the structure of that league is, I don't mind seeing it get spicy from here and there. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. Yeah, Shannon apologized. Some of it I'm not as it much as, you know, in agreement with. And I'll talk about that. But the bottom line is, this is a part of our culture to a degree. When we are in a heated environment, we speak a certain way. We act a certain way. So I don't like the fact that this country, I'm not just speaking about the NBA right now. This country appreciates Black culture. When we giving you the kind of nigger you like, then it's all good. But once we step outside of that, and get to talking shit and being who we really are, now we have to apologize. Now you get fined. You see what I'm saying? All these different things happen. And in this situation, yeah, Shannon is a public figure and and apologizing to the fans, I agree with because it stopped the game. It was a little bit of commotion. Like I understand apologizing to the fans, but at the end of the day, this is a part of it though. This reminds me just simply, like it reminds me of thinking about like an Allen Iverson or other, any polarizing figure who's entered the NBA. It's almost like the corporations tell us, we want, we don't want all of you. We want a little bit. We we'll take the, the, the athleticism. We we'll take the fact that y'all fly high and y'all entertain us, but all the other shit y'all come with, we don't want to deal with. I'm not rocking with that. You see what I'm saying? So I appreciate Shannon apologized because of his position and the job he has. I understand this, but I'm going to be honest. I don't like it. I think as black men, we can have this kind of interaction and then we'll come back together and talk to each other. Cause he apologized to John Morant, John Morant's dad, Dylan Brooks. I don't think all that was necessary. You apologize to the fans. These are the people who are paying to watch. Y'all didn't want to see us do banter like this. Y'all didn't want to see that. Cool. You talk to these brothers privately and you can apologize to them. But the NBA got to make up their mind. You see what I'm saying? Because y'all don't want all the niggatry, but you do, though. See, when we jumping over niggas' heads, dunking a basketball, entertaining you, it's cool. But once you get a sign of our neighborhood, once you get a sign of the hood shit, once you get a sign of the disenfranchisement, anything that reminds you of the nigger part of it, you want to jump up in arms, and I'm not with that. So him apologizing, I don't think he should have did it, but I understand. Having a job like that, him and Skip going through everything they've been through recently, the brother probably going to maneuver and get his own show or something, whatever he going to do. So I respect Shannon Sharp, but how we act in our community that may seep into what you see on the court or on the field and people who are watching in my opinion should be just as accepting of this you see because shit i, <laughs> I was reading some articles and uh, uh stephen adams i think is like a seven foot seven two i'm not sure how big this guy is stephen adams he's one of the players on memphis grizzly i was reading some articles but it was like hey you know, Shannon Sharp, he's 50. 
he lucky it didn't get physical. Stephen Adams is 29 and all this other shit. Look, what y'all not what, what, what y'all not realizing, especially some folks in white America, y'all don't know shit about black strength, right? That Negro strength. When black men get older, <laughs> hey, when black men get older, they get stronger for some reason. You see what I'm saying? So fucking with Shannon Sharp, I don't think John Morant, his pops, or Stephen Adams wanted anything with Shannon Sharp. Because look, I know some old black men who ain't never really worked out. You feel me? These brothers just work on cars and drink beer. Try arm wrestling one of these niggas. You know what I mean? It's going to be some shit. You see? So Shannon Sharp, I don't think anybody wanted with him. Just like he said right after the altercation. And I'm here for it. Like that. <laughs> that's another big thing I wanted to mention. I'm... I grew up watching the NBA when they fought, when they scrapped, when it was a lot of nefarious shit going on and nobody said nothing. You see what I'm saying? So at any moment when I can see something like that, yeah. <laughs> so at any moment when I can see something like that going on, I'm here for it. And because, again, Shannon Sharp has a great job in the NBA or in the uh, the commentating field, right? And supposedly Dylan Brooks called Shannon Sharp a blogger or something disrespectful. I don't appreciate that because me too. Like when I see black men or just men in general who commentate sports and you have no experience in the sport, you may be a man who wanted to play like a Stephen A. Smith who had athletic aspirations, but the shit never worked out. I don't mind you giving your perspective, but being ultra critical, creating nicknames, being nefarious, all this shit, I don't respect that because you, could, you couldn't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the man that you're talking about. You see what I'm saying? Shannon Sharp is of a different breed. This is the reason why I watch his show is because I like athletes who've done it before and give they, their critique based on what they've experienced. I respect that. If you ain't never did the shit, you better have a lot of respect in your voice. That's why I don't really fuck with Skip, the goddamn white supremacist. That's why I don't fuck with Skip. Yeah, I said it. I don't fuck with Skip. I don't fuck with Stephen A. Smith that much. Not because they're not successful and they've done things in their field because these dudes came from, like, writing. They didn't always um, sit behind the mic. They put their time in when it comes to viewing sports and giving their opinion. I'll give them that. But you got to be humble. When you know you speaking on some shit you couldn't do on your best day. You see what I'm saying? So Shannon, I respect him because for the most part, he's always fair. He always gives a, a respected critique. And in this situation, they should, they should have been allowed to have that banner like they did. But him coming out and apologizing, I don't think that's necessary. You see what I'm saying? You speak to these brothers privately, apologizing to everybody. That's not something I would have did because the back and forth is something I appreciate. And, you know, shout out to my brother, Kev, because last night me and my son was able to go to a Kings game. They played Memphis, actually. Great, great, great segue. They played Memphis, actually. Good game. Shout out to my brothers. Uh, you know, hooked me up, gave me the plug on some seats. That was pretty close. But here's the thing about the NBA that I'm learning. And the reason why growing up, I'm – I'm an athlete, y'all. Like, I play basketball. I love competitiveness on any platform, right? I'm into it, but I ain't gonna lie. Over the past, like, six, seven years, 
yeah, like you uh, like you said, Brandon, lots of these commentators lose that perspective because of the money, because of the acclaim, because of the feeling they get from being this boisterous figure on TV. It's a drug like anything else. They get an attention. Look at Stephen A. Smith, man. Like, look, look, I don't got nothing personal against that brother, but look at that nigga, man. He, without the acclaim of what he do for a living, he may get passed by in the street by everybody, women, children, anybody, shit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I can see the insecure person inside of him that's infusing a lot of this conversation, and I don't like that. Skip Bayless, there's a lot of them, these new generation commentators that talk shit about big African men and then some shit they couldn't do if they wanted to. You see what I'm saying? So I respect Shannon for everything that he's done in the NBA or, or everything he done in the NFL. And a lot of those players should too. And I think him calling Shannon a commentator or uh, uh, him calling Shannon a blogger probably pissed him off because he put in the work. You see what I'm saying? Well, I went to the NBA. I went to the game last night. Like I said, shout out to my brother, Kev. He, he gave me and my son the plug for the tickets. Great environment. Like the NBA, a nice NBA arena is a great environment. Great family environment. Me and my son was talking about it. Like they put on a show for you at halftime, every time out. It's a production, right? But on the low, that shit was kind of boring. Just on some real shit. John Morant didn't play. So I'm looking at the Kings team as how they're formatted now. Memphis Grizzlies, how they're formatted now, not a lot of action. So in the NBA, a lot, a lot, like a big reason why I haven't watched it over some years is because it's not a lot of action. It's a lot of fundamentally sound basketball, which, again, watching men that big, watching African men that big perform like that, it's impressive, but it's not like a shock and awe thing. Some of that has to do with Stephen Curry, like the phenomenon of him being such a great three-point shooter. The children behind him idolize that probably more so than a Jordan. But all in all, the game was kind of boring. You know what I mean? So if we can get a little spice in there, if we can get a little fight going, I, again, I don't want to see violence. I don't want to see two black men hurt each other. But I'm all for hard files. I'm all for talking a whole bunch of shit. If that's spilling to the court, where we got to go at it for a minute, I'm all for that. And we all should be. You see what I'm saying? So, shit, I'm I'm going to continue to support the NBA, but just watching it on my own, sometimes it's a little disillusioned. You see what I'm saying? Because it's not as exciting as it used to be. The type of physicality that's allowed on the NBA court, you can't really do no more. You see what I'm saying? So shout out to the brother Shannon Sharp. Memphis is a good team, though. Like watching them play without John Morant, even without John Morant, fundamentally sound, good team. You feel me? But let these brothers go back and forth. Every every time we get into a situation with somebody in society, we shouldn't have to go on this goddamn apology tour where we're apologizing about everything. I'm not with that all the time. You see what I'm saying? Do this shit privately where we apologize to each other talk to each other, but coming out on these platforms and doing it, especially in front of, like with Shannon, I think Shannon should get his own show by now, because especially with Skip, Skip don't fuck with us like that. Skip is like Stephen A. Smith, but a lot worse, because he was even worse as an athlete than Stephen A. Smith was. See? So you got all these nicknames for these NBA players, you got all these smoke for these NBA players, but as a man, 
I don't think you should say shit about a man that you can't stand up when you see him in his face. And some of these commentators can't do that. You feel me? So shout out to the brother Shannon Sharp. Again, this is your brother Harrison, Mentally the Combo Podcast. Please hit the like button, subscribe button. We're talking about Shannon Sharp. We're talking about our black families. So let's get into it. Next part of the show before we get out of here. Now, something else I want to talk about. Black parents, we're going to switch reels here for a minute because I've been seeing a lot of information when, when any of us who are on social media a lot, if you frequent any form of social media, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all these different places, you get a lot of information about Black culture from people and how they feel about certain things, right? And something that we need to be keen on for the new years is talking to all my Black parents. What's an acceptable form of discipline for a Black child, right? Because I seen like a video of a Black mother who had an incident with a young child. He was maybe two or three years old. It's like two or, two or, two or three months ago. And she was real violent. Like it went viral because she was recording it, but she was real, she was real violent with the young man, whooping the young man's ass. Like the her form of discipline was really corporal. It was like corporal punishment. It was like um, brutal to a degree, right? But when I seen that, I thought of a great conversation. Like as black parents in 2023. How should we be disciplining our children? Because some of us still agree in corporal punishment. When I say corporal punishment, I don't mean grabbing your hand and spanking your two-year-olds behind with his pants on, right? Give him a couple spanks to his butt. That's not what I'm talking about. We need to be honest. A lot of us grew up in a time where you would absolutely get your ass whipped. I'm talking extension cords i'm talking a leather belt i'm talking anything your parent could grab at the time like literally my, my family's from new orleans so they would grab anything to fuck you up with right and we and we need to be cognizant of the fact that this is tradition based right not telling you what to do with your uh, with your children but this is tradition based so all of us need to take a step back and look at the best ways to discipline, right? Some of us believe in corporal punishment. Some of us believe in the reward system, i.e. you do something I don't like, I take your toy from you. Uh, I take the TV from you, right? Some of us believe in corporal punishment. Some of us believe in like a timeout theory or a theory where you physically grab your child and put them in a the corner. Look, <laughs> black, <laughs> black folks. Have you ever had that happen to you? When I was growing up, sometimes we didn't get whooped. Sometimes we would be scared that we was about to get whooped and they would just put us in a corner. This is some real shit. They put us in a corner. You'd be hyperventilating. Is this a good method? But we need to critically think about how we discipline our kids because you can't just use normal disciplinary tactics. You have to factor in everything. That's why I wanted to bring up the conversation. You have to factor in everything. When we look at discipline, First, let's look at love and structure and all the things that should be there before we just start whooping our kids' ass, right? Have you ever been to a mall or a store and seen a white family, right? 
me and my sister Sonia were just talking about this a few days ago. Have you ever been to a store or a mall and seen a white family? And you see the white kid where literally he's running around doing whatever the fuck he wants to do, right? So we look at this and we say, damn, what is he doing? What? Stop him. Put something on him. Make sure you put him in a place where he's not going to embarrass you or whatever the case may be. What we need to look at on a deeper note is this is institutionalized. Like this is based on our history of the normal white family don't approach it the same way we do because they don't have the strife and the disenfranchisement that comes with being black in America. Like me and my sister Sonia was talking about, when we look at a lot of black boys, how a lot of this started is when black boys were becoming massive and becoming real strong in who they were. This is in slavery times. The mother, the whoever was the head of the household, in order to prevent the slave master from taking their son, they would talk down on the son. They would treat the son a particular way. He's shiftless. You don't want him. He's stupid, sir. Right? You're dumbing down your big, massive man because you don't want him to get hurt. Let's go there, family. This is what the shit is about. This is why you whooping the shit out of your kid. You may not even know it because we know some parents who resort to the belt before anything else. What you don't realize is you resort to the belt because you don't want the white man to whoop his ass first. See? But you need to be cognizant of that. And there's several other ways to do it. You see? There's several other ways to do it. Starting with creating the structure and whatever your household is going to be thinking about this way before you have kids. I talk about this shit at nauseum because I believe in it. Because if we take a step back, we're going to factor in racism. We're going to factor in the institutions that have built this racist, corrupt ass country. We're going to factor that in. But you add that with what you know. You add that with the fact that I need to build something for this child because if I don't have any resources, here's a newsflash, all black parents, if I don't have any resources, if I have nothing to provide for my child, if me and the father, whoever he is, wherever he may be from, if me and him didn't take the time to determine how we gonna do this thing, there's a chance that this system we live in may get a hold of our children. So we back up and we say, whose fault is that? See, people be hitting me all the time. Why are you talking about history so much? Yeah, uh, oh, people over 40, why are you talking about history? What, what's the big thing? Why are you talking about our past? Why are you talking about slavery? Why are you talking about Mansa Musa? It's a specific reason. Because if you don't know shit about the past, if you haven't learned from our past, you're going to repeat it. So yes, the system is at fault, but are you? When are you, black parent? See, because we have a lot of different situations in our community where black folks put themselves in situations and then they expect to be bailed out by i.e. the system because I have people tell me Get off that conscious shit, Harrison. Like, why are you wearing black brands? You laughing at my shoes. I buy, <laughs> I buy a pair of shoes from a black man, and you see me in the barbershop and you laughing at me? 
Why? In, 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 in you're critiquing my approach to trying to solve our problems when you're on welfare, you're on EBT, you get social security, all white man funded. See? So you need to learn about our history so you can learn how to truly fight this shit because when we talk about, because black parents have a, like a colloquialism where we will say, I love my kid, right? I love my kid. I had my kid. I love him. I'm going to do everything for him. We got to unpack what's doing everything for him. What's doing everything for him? Because the first thing you will do for a potential child you're going to have is get your mind right. Right? Mental health is a real thing. It's a buzz term that everybody uses these days. Mental health, mental health, mental health. I don't knock it because I know in my community it's something we should actually take serious. The trauma I had to go through personally as a young person being black in America, excuse me, I needed to talk to somebody that may, maybe a professional can lead me in the right direction because this is traumatic. A lot of us have childhoods in situations we've been through that we normalize it. And this shit ain't normal. I'm not telling you to condemn your mom or dad because if they black and they older than you, we can trace their level of disenfranchisement and trauma too. See? But when are you going to learn from it? When are you going to learn from it? See? Because look, hear me when I say this. Because <laughs> I've been there. Like I'm my my... My history as a parent and being an irresponsible black man, shit, <laughs> is well documented. I talk about it a lot. But when are we going to stop? See? Because you would say, I love my kid with all my heart, with everything in me. But you ain't got life insurance. Now, look, the deeper level is I'm taken care of. I'm going to get life insurance for my kid. I'm going to get some type of security to protect this kid's future. Life insurance is one of the small telltale signs. Yeah, we can go with college funds. We can go with 401k. We can go with trust funds. All that's beautiful, but that shit's down the line. If you telling me you love your baby, but you ain't got life insurance for you, who you really love? Hey, <laughs> let me give you all a little insight. Other people outside of our community, they, they view death as a... Uh, stepping stone for the next generation let me say that again other communities view death of a ancestor a parent as the stepping stone for the next generation when i die yeah you're gonna grieve but go buy a house yeah you're gonna grieve but now you got the money for college when you die that should be a a, a level of preparation should be put in place for your children. And here is one of the things we have to completely get over. And this is all people to a degree, right? But black folks, stop being scared of talking about death, right? I know you're a Negro. <laughs> I know you're a Negro. And PTSD and the trauma inbuilt in these systems affect our bodies that this is real right and we know these doctors you know they kill us and shit <laughs> like i know inherently even if you don't know i know why you don't trust a doctor i know why you don't want to go get that exam i know about the tuskegee experiment 
I know about the thousands. I was just reading about a 54-year-old man in 1896 who died. Like he fell off a building or something, right? Tragic. First uh, open heart surgery was performed when they took this dead man's heart, black man, melanated, stronger than most humans. Let's keep it real. They took this black man's heart, put it into a white senator the next day. This is 1897. His, the black family didn't, didn't even know about it. This is the antithesis of how this shit started. Your black organs, your melanated ass, your sun-loving ass, because can't nobody else be in the sun like us. We got to keep it real. Our organs, uh, 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 the different parts of our body have always been seen as like prime real estate, right? So when you go into a doctor, there's been times where they have make sure your ass dies so they can harvest your organs. There's been times where they look at your melanated skin, put a needle into your beautiful black skin and say, you good? You can take it. I just put a needle in your skin. It was difficult as shit for me to put it into your skin. Go home. Your ass go home and die three days later. So when your mama and them used to say, I ain't going to that doctor, that white band, uh, true shit. Even if they didn't know it, epigenetics, family, look that up. That's your body. That's your body saying, I wasn't a slave, but shit. <laughs> me personally, I've never been in slavery, but damn, something feel wrong about this. That's epigenetics. Let's go there. Let, that, that's epigenetics. Yo, yo, grandpa, 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 everything he went through was in your body. See? So it's some deep shit. So when your mom and them say, I don't want to go to the doctor. So I'm validating our feeling about this, it, these medical institutions, right? So when we say we don't go to the doctor, we walk into the doctor and walk out and don't come back. These are all true things. Several cities across America, the early 1900s, you would go in that you would go to the hospital for a headache. My daddy head was hurting. Three days later, they say he died of a heart attack or he died of some type of heart condition. This is real shit, family. But but we can't let this kill off all of us. So we have to use perspective. Yeah, I know the history of how doctors have treated us throughout our time here on this earth or our time here in Western America, Western society. But I got to go to the doctor. I got to go check my colon. I got to go get a checkup every six months. Uh, every six months. I got to go to the goddamn dentist. See? So I know this system has shut us, systematically shut us out of shit to the point where we don't want to participate in the things that we see. I get it. And if you go to my Instagram page or anywhere that I share on social media, I, I'm giving y'all game about everything we've been through history-wise. And it's never to bore you. It's just say, okay, this is what I've been through. Let me learn so my kids don't go through this shit. Think about it. Black folks, it's 2023. You want your grandkids getting stopped by the police and getting treated off unfairly in 2049? You want the same shit going on? See? So you have a personal responsibility to make sure the next generation has a different stake in life. And you have to understand the system that you're in first, right? Before you get to dissecting black folks, before you get to going at your brother about something he not doing right, take a step back and get an understanding of this system. See, 
because all the shit our grandparents went through, like I said, all the shit our grandparents went through, all the shit our parents went through, all of this is inside of our DNA today. And in America, all people in America fall victim to westernized ways of thinking when it comes to food, when it comes to poverty, when it comes to how to build resources, we all fall victim to it. There's several white ghettos throughout America. Don't get it fucked up. Don't feel like we the only ones scraping by at times, no. There's several forms of poor communities in America, but you black family, so you gonna be poor and criminalized. You gonna be poor and disenfranchised, right? Because looking at members of my family who had to participate in like the crack era, what they did in that era, how they were punished, the leaders of my family who had to succumb to all of those institutions, my family is still feeling it now. You feel me? And I know your family is too, but these are not excuses. These are lessons. These are lessons. Okay, this is how the system want to play. This is what I'm going to do. Okay, this is how they want to conduct shit. This is what I'm going to do, right? Looking at the fact that we got the internet today, y'all. I don't know how many of y'all be on your phone actually reading articles, actually looking shit up, but we got to keep it real. You have a lot of information at your fingertips. This information you can be sharing with your family. You can share with your kids. But to say I don't know, Anything in 2023 is a travesty. You feel me? So that's why your brother here. We're going to get you right. We're going to get a grasp of the history. And this is like knowing where potholes are, right? Because I should, I, in my city, I got a hell of potholes. I got to go through shit. But it, knowing where the potholes are, if you know where they are, you can avoid them. You see what I'm saying? So all my brothers over 40, 35, go to the doctor. Get that colonoscopy. They, they'll tell you you don't need to get it to you, 41, 42, 43. Go check on it. See if there's other options like care about your health, high blood pressure, diabetes. All these things affect us more, and a piece of it is our poor eating habits. But another piece of it is systematic racism. This is a real thing. This shit seeps into your blood when you go somewhere and your dark skin, for some reason, you ain't getting help. For some reason, you ain't getting that cab. For some reason, you work somewhere. You just trying to make a living. You work somewhere. You one of two black folks, some black shit pop off. Everybody look at you. Family, this is actually affecting your body. This is actually uh, affecting your stress levels. All the the organs in your body that react a particular way, all of this matters. Like I've been saying the last few episodes, everything matters, family. Everything you've been through, everything your partner went through, everywhere you lived, everybody who spoke to you, every fucking teacher you had, everything matters. How many black men teachers did you have as a kid? Right? Right? So we have to infuse all of this shit when we look at how we're going to dissect moving forward with your black family. If you black in America, pay attention to this shit. Because when you put roadblocks on, when you act like it ain't no racism, everybody's equal, all this bullshit, 
Then you get hit in the face. Then you put your kids in an environment where it's hella, where it's hella crime and shit, and you don't even know. This is what happens when you. This is what happens when you're in poverty. This is what happens when you have no money. If you raise your kids with no resources, with no father around, and now they're selling drugs or pimping or doing anything nefarious, why are you surprised? Hmm? Why are you surprised? Take accountability as a parent. Yeah, I may not have had money. I may not have had resources. So because the fact, because I know some fathers, listen, I know some fathers who will erase the fact that they weren't there, right? I've been there for 18 years, 15 years, whatever, but I show back on the scene. Now I'm making demands. Now I'm calling you my son because you a big brolic athlete or some shit, and I'm claiming it like I did it. Delusional, right? And I talk and I say this a lot, but revisionist history. Remove the revisionist history. Black parents, if you are now working moving in the right direction, doing everything you can for your child, and you see the improvement. But if there was a time you wasn't shit, whether you was on drugs, whether you didn't have money, whether you were shiftless, whatever that may be, if that was a part of your history, you nobody forgets it. That's the joke. The kids don't forget it. So if you want to help the kids, the best thing to do is approach it from that perspective. Hey, I fucked up. When you were eight years old, I was on this and that. I didn't have my shit together. I didn't realize the man or woman I needed to be for you. Now I'm changing that. So because I wasn't there for you, if I see you exhibiting some of the same behaviors I did, I'm not going to act brand new and get to trying to discipline you and give you game that I haven't yet admitted to myself. Right? Let's all do a better job of that. Whoever you are, that's a slight chance of who your kids are going to be. If you got trauma and pain and hurt that you haven't got over, that shit is going to seep into your children. Quit thinking you can have a child, then become responsible. You've been watching too much goddamn TV. That's not how it works. You think, you think, you think having a baby is going to ignite some shit in you that ain't never been there? No. Has to be in you already. Has to be a little spark in there already. And I've seen dudes where boom, not a baby come. Now I take life serious all the way. But that was in him already. See, so if you're an irresponsible young, talk to your young people. If you have a daughter or a son that's heavenly irresponsible, we know our kids. Stop the bullshit. Heavenly irresponsible, monitor them. Because if you allow, I'm going to say it again, if you as a parent, allow your young person under 21 to bring life into the world when they know nothing about the world they're in, you're partially to blame. See, I'm not one to say, hey, young women, young couples should just run to abortion, like using abortion as a form of birth control. No, I'm never going to say that. But I don't think using... <laughs> Shit, I, don't give a shit. I don't think using poverty as a form of birth control either. See, I ain't got shit. I ain't shit. I ain't never had shit. I don't think like shit. Have a baby? Okay, you're polluting the world, ma'am, sir. You are. I did it. See, but I, I, I strive to change how I thought 
See, I don't blame myself completely because I know I was irresponsible. I know I didn't have a father around. I'm using all the factors, not as an excuse, but a diagnosis. Nigga, I'm diagnosing myself. Why was I dysfunctional? Why was I spreading my seed like a goddamn buck? <laughs> like my brother Rev Shock said, something didn't happen. Something happened to black people. See? So we look at the bucks and men wanting to spread their seed so rapidly. Everything matters. All this is a part of our history. So you have to be aware of this as a black man, as a black woman, and the least you can do, right? I don't expect you to put on a kufi and go out and march. Maybe that ain't your thing. I don't expect you to meet me at the next lecture. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you ain't into reading hella detailed books. The conscious community, maybe you don't fuck with it. Who knows? But the least you can do is impart wisdom on your child, is be honest with your child. This is what I wasn't able to do for you. This is where I'm at now. This is where I'm striving to go. We talk about liberation and we talk about black pride. The minimum that, that all of us can do is to create what's necessary in our own households. And it's unfathomable to do that if you haven't realized who you are yet. You haven't realized what you haven't achieved yet, who you are in this world. And sometimes I've realized it's scary to people. If you look in the mirror too hard, you may see something you don't like or recognize. And it may be difficult to come back from that. Like so, like I'm, I grew up as a really confident young dude. Really confident. But my confidence was rooted in niggatry. My confidence was rooted in how I look. My confidence was rooted in my athletic prowess. My confidence was rooted in the amount of women I could have sex with. This is all bullshit. See? So if you don't debunk these theories for your young men or your women, they may end up thinking and doing the same thing. That's all you can do. The worst thing I see, just on some real shit, is the dude I was raised with. We both had a hard, traumatic childhood no fathers around, and he championed this shit like it was the best thing ever. Teaching his son the same unreasonable, unrealistic, bullshit-ass ethics. Can we say that? See, because I'm able to say I'm prideful in Black empowerment and I love my people, but sometimes we be on some bullshit. Can we say both things, right? That, that's what the coons get fucked up sometimes. They be going too far to the left. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't go too far to the left. You got to understand what happened to us, why we are, how we are, and then approach the conversation with love. I want to see us do better so it's going to be a love conversation, not a hate conversation. I'm not going to be breaking you down. Nah, we ain't got to do all that. We got to be honest, though. You know what I mean? So this is your brother Harrison, man. Mentalated combo. The Sh Shannon Sharp, I love that brother. Everybody go look up. If you haven't seen the altercation he had with those Memphis uh, Grizzlies players, look it up. It's worth watching. I'm Like I said, I'm all for it because I appreciate the banter. I appreciate the aggressive nature of athletes. So I'm never going back down from that. And white folks, shit, y'all want to come to a game, nigga? See that too. Don't, 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 don't frown up when you see that. Because like I said, I was, I was at the... I was at a Memphis Grizzlies game last night with my son, and I love the athletic prowess of these men, the 
the production value of an NBA game is great, but the game ain't that good. Like, it's a lot of bullshit going on. It's a lot of theatrics. You know what I mean? And all of that should be taken into account. You see? So, this your brother Harrison, Melanated Combo Podcast. Uh, hit the like button. Subscribe to the Melanated Combo on YouTube, on Facebook. My Instagram is Melanated Combo 100. So, look, look, check it out. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you will find the show. Tuesday and Thursday. At 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time is when you'll find this show on the platforms I told you. I'm always looking for, if you know a radio host, a podcast host, somebody you think that would bring um, that would bring something positive to the show. On my Tuesday show, I'm always interviewing a lot of brothers and people from the community, but I'm looking for someone who could come on a regular basis that I can call. I got a couple people already, but I'm always looking for new people. My Thursday show is dedicated to talking about news stories with my sister, Sonia Williams Lewis, which is always a great time with my sister. But on Tuesday, I'm always looking for new co-hosts, people that can add something to the conversation. So let's always continue to do this, man. Let's have great conversations about black culture. Let's dig in deep about the things that we see. It's nothing wrong with doing that. We can do that without being hypercritical of our brothers and sisters, unless they're coons. <laughs> unless they go out of their way to disdain black society, then the disciplinary mechanism may have to be a little different. But all in all, this should be started with love. You feel me? This is your brother Harrison. Melanie Combo Podcast.